I'm Matt Bellany, founding partner of Puck News, and I'm covering the inside conversation about money and power in Hollywood. With my new show, The Town, I'm going to take you inside Hollywood with exclusive insight on what people in show business are actually talking about. Multiple times a week, I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know, journalists, insiders, all of whom can break down the hottest topics in entertainment to tell you what's really going on. Listen now. It's the Full Goal presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer. Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome into episode 74 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. And of course, Spotify is the game. We're going to do a little something different. We're going to talk all Bears football on this pod. And who better to do it with than my main man, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. We'll break down his time at the Combine, what people were saying about the Bears quarterback now, and a former Bears quarterback, and where the Bears need to go in the draft because they need bodies. So we'll do all that next right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go <laughs> the news, Russell Wilson to the uh, the Denver Broncos and was it Noah Fant, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and a bunch of picks going back to the to the bedazzled, the bedeviled, I should say, and bedazzled, the bedeviled Seattle Seahawks. Cause I you know, Russell Wilson's super interesting to me because I we know how good he is, right? But that Seattle Seahawks team and the Russell Wilson thing haven't had to be in our face in the last couple of years, few years. I mean, you know, a few decent seasons, but for the most part, we haven't had to really think about it. So I don't know how good Russell Wilson is anymore because I haven't had to really think about it other than, oh, yeah, Russell Wilson is still damn good because we see this, you know, the Sunday night game here, there. We see some late game heroics, but you look at some of the third down numbers, you look at some of 
uh, the areas of weakness that have been a little bit more sizable over the last couple of years. And then you're like, oh, okay, is is Russell Wilson the guy that he was? Is he still a guy that makes you a Super Bowl contender? Because apparently this Denver Broncos team that we also haven't been watching much of is just a quarterback away. So how how's everything sloshing around in your head a few hours from the news break? Well, the closest I watched Russ this year was the Bears game, obviously. And the fourth quarter was that Russ you were just describing, right? Where you're like, uh, I mean, obviously that offensive line had its issues. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me go quick, quick side tangent. Can we pour one out for Vic Fangio? Man. Poor, poor Vic Fangio gets hired by the Broncos. They trade for a Super Bowl winning quarterback, <laughs> except they trade for Joe Flacco. And uh-huh. then Daniel Hackett comes in four years later and they trade for Russell Wilson. I mean, like the second that happened for Vic, I'm like, he's that's it. That's that's the end of the Vic Fangio tenure in Denver. So life, um, life of a defensive coordinator turned head right? coach more often than not, right? Man. Um, I mean, I, I think around the league, people think that Russ can still be Russ. Uh, it, it certainly, I mean, you see the, the haul that, that he got and, yeah, but you said it. Like, there were those nights, those Sunday night games when the Seahawks do their crazy Seahawks things. And you're like, oh, he can still turn, like, you know, nothing to something better than any quarterback. You're like, what, you know, people make the, like, like, people make that Justin Fields comparison here, right? Like, that's, like, total ceiling. That's that's above the ceiling potential. Right. The Hall right? of Fame career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you see, you see Russ just be a magician. And if he's got those weapons in Denver and they have a better offensive line in Seattle and you pair him with Hackett and what they're doing there and he's got a really good defense. But that division, Jason, holy smokes. That is that is uh, quarterback Mecca, the uh, the AFC West. It's, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's funny too because Seattle's now like plummeted to the bottom of, mm-hmm. of the NFC West. But that, that AFC West is going to be wild this uh, this year. Yeah, a division where uh, you know Derek Carr might be the the worst quarterback in the division, right? A guy who turned uh, you know a, a chaotic, you know, terrible, horrible obstacle filled season into a playoff run with a special teams coach as the head coach. That that guy might be the one you're like, ah, right, if there was one quarterback I could get rid of, or one quarterback who was going to finish at the bottom of the list in this division, it'll be him. It's going to be a it's going to be really, really interesting. It, this entire, well, not entire time, but the moment that the Aaron Rodgers discord started, you know, where we publicly started to talk about it at the end of the season, it was, to me, it was, one, who's going to race to Denver first, right? Who's going to go to Pittsburgh and what the Packers going to have to do because of it. Now we take a look at it again, breaking news all day long. Aaron Rodgers is now the highest paid player on the annual uh, average salary basis in NFL history, four years, $200 million. Uh, were you surprised? Were you surprised it's that long? Uh, what, what are your first blushes of what's happening up in Green Bay? I wasn't surprised he stayed in Green Bay because I do think that's his best chance to win a Super Bowl still. Uh, if you look at his division, if you look at Devontae Adams sticking around, mm-hmm. I thought that defense played a lot better last year than it had in, in recent years. Um, I, I think that's just and to the, the being at home at Lambeau and it's cold out, like he's got an advantage there every time. I thought that I, but I, you're right. The four years, I mean, I kind of thought, cause I, Jason, I've been waiting for an NFL player to do the LeBron thing and kind huh. of go like, like go year to year, like give me one year, 40 million. And then uh, well, Brady, Brady's kind of done it the last right. couple of years, but I thought Rogers would be 
I don't know if savvy is the right word because I don't think it takes a ton of savvy to come up with that arrangement. But I thought Rodgers would be the guy that would challenge the status quo and say, hey, uh, give me one year. Give me, I, I think I'm worth four. Mahomes is getting 45. Give me 46. And we'll see how this year goes. And then you gotta, we got to talk again next year. So I, I kind of always thought he would be that guy. And maybe when mm-hmm. we find out the details of this contract, like maybe, maybe it is that, right. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe those, maybe there are going to be those opportunities there because you, yeah, you next know, next year if I breathe in the off season, the void, is, the deal is voided. <laughs> you know, like I was going to say because you know those jokes. contract numbers when they first come out are never, oh, of course, what they seem. And if anybody, because you know what, Rogers may be a little extra grind now because he only had the limelight for two hours today. <laughs> right? Yeah, he might be upset. He might be upset. Yeah, he then might Russ put Russell in. Wilson on his uh, no talking to my family list. <laughs> 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 no, nah, yeah, Russ definitely came through the windows like, all right, guys. Hey, how you doing? Screw all that other news. I'm getting ready to go to Denver to try to win a Super Bowl. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned LeBron, Kevin, because with the Russell stuff, because two years ago, I started thinking to myself, and I probably wasn't the only one doing it, but I talked to myself. It's not like I came up with these ideas first. I just don't talk to anybody about them, so I make them feel like they're mine. Um, The NBA attitude, right? And I know that might scare some NFL types. (laughs) Not you, obviously, but, you know, (laughs) the NBA attitude of, yeah, man, you really ain't doing shit around here, so I got to keep it moving. Like, you kind of felt Russell was, you know, because you know, Football players look at basketball players like, can you believe this shit? They can go wherever they want to go. They get all of their money, right? They can walk and talk normally. Well, not walk. After you've seen Kenny and, and Charles and try to walk around, yeah, not walk and talk. But they can they can move around freely, play with their kids. All they got to do is have a you know a knee surgery here, hip surgery here. Mess, I mess around. Got to spend my whole damn life in Cleveland for 10, 11 years if I'm Joe Thomas as one of the greatest tackles that you've never seen play. And all of my money isn't guaranteed. What are we going to do about this? And then Russell Wilson pops up, you know, post Sierra. Shout out to C. You know, don't know if he would have had this in him if he hadn't met, ran into the queen. But he pops up and starts talking about his offensive line. Like he starts doing shit that you never heard or thought of quarterbacks doing. And I started thinking about like, hey, what if? What if somebody in the NFL goes, you know what? This situation ain't good enough. It's time for y'all to move me. And then it started happening or it started feeling like it was happening. Do you think that NFL owners and NFL types have to, should be, are thinking about guarding against this new NBA-like mentality of NFL football players, Kevin Fishbane? I put you on the slab right now so you can explain to everybody. Because you, know, oh, you have you have the kind of face that I think everybody <laughs> will appreciate it coming from more so than me and my yeah. foolishness. You know what's funny, Jason, is I do uh, a hit on the Bears pregame show every week. And I love those guys. I love Jay Hilgenberg, Jim Schwanz. I love them. I'd say like four times a year the past two years, they bring up, you know, the Jalen Ramseys of the world. Like kind of in a, like a what's... What are we doing here? Is the NFL gonna, you know, go? Because those guys are the old school guys, and probably the guys yeah. you're talking about. You know what I'm, you know. You All know of what a I'm sudden, saying. these guys are gonna start determining their own movement. Yeah. What? What is? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Holding like, teams' feet to the fire for being poor front office evaluators. What? what what's next? All of a sudden, what? Guaranteed money, and then all of Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson start signing contracts that look almost like it. Right. Got, are players going to be able to play where they want to play? Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, I, like 
we I don't want to go down the full tangent, but every year on this first night of the draft, I do like to point out, poke the bear a little bit, that I think it's a little ridiculous, the best player in college football, the reward is a four-year binding contract to the worst team in football. Oh, guess what? There's a fifth-year option. Guess what? After that, there's a franchise tag. And if they want, they can tag you again before <laughs> you could ever have the opportunity to pick your own team. So, yeah, I think I think this. But the problem, Jason, is and it's and it's like this in the NBA too, right? This is only a star player thing, right? If you're yeah. the middle class of yeah. the NFL, you're not engineering your way out of town. I, I love I love seeing it. I don't think the owners are ever going to be thrilled about it. But, you know, look, I, I think I think you look at Seattle, right? If you have a guy that you know wants to get out of town, get something for him, right? Like like instead of, you know, turning into this, uh, you know, big back and forth, just say, all right, fine, you want out, we're going to make sure that we, because so many teams, like they get in this back and forth and they don't get anything for the guy. So if these teams want to try to, you know, appease these star players that's fine and then you and then you get draft picks for it and then you move mm-hmm. on and you rebuild so but yeah i think i think we're going to start i think we'll start seeing it more and more but then you know go back to the earlier discussion about rogers contract you see patrick mahomes what was that like a seven-year deal too and you yeah. know when he signed that contract he probably envisioned four super bulls and mayor of kansas city and that's not to say that they won't go back there but the way things went down last year you know again like you it's 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 a tough thing in the NFL, and you you probably know you know can get better intel on this from from your NFL podcast talking to those former players. But everybody wants long term security, right? Oh yeah. But you also want that guaranteed money and the opportunity to like put yourself in position for more guaranteed money and to play where you want to play. So like I, I it's it's a tough balance for some of these guys who know you're if you're 24, right, and you're it's your sec time for your first contract extension and the team who drafted you comes to you say hey four years guaranteed life-changing money like it's hard i understand why these guys agree to that and then they want buffalo for the next eight years yeah and then they want want to get out of it yeah yeah it's uh it's 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 a weird weird time where I, i feel like fans media players owners are all in on the same understanding of sports economics and like all four areas are like but this, <laughs> and the money is just like, nah, <laughs> but this. And, and I, think, I think as we start to move a little bit more through this football world, especially with football, players understanding their value, it, it can be, a, I, we talk about what's going on with the baseball strike right now or the lockout. It can be a scary thing if these, because if you really look at football, there's kind of been, you know, that's why the NFL quarterback club was like a joke and then it, it became a real thing. It, it's the the first-class citizen of the locker room. It's the, oh, this is the most important guy. That's why they throw all those labels. Oh, this 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 is the, the CEO of your team. This is the dude. This is the leader, first in, last out. Because when that class is created and you have to take a look at that guy and say, yeah, man, you're the most important player in sports. We got to give you all this money because of what you've done to the team. Meanwhile, the other 52 second class citizens in that locker room are like, hey, man, this dude didn't do as much as he's, you know, as they think he did. I mean, look at Russell. Look at Russell. The Malcolm Butler play, some many think, happened in the Super Bowl because Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks offensive gurus and, and the staff and, and everybody in the organization thought that 
Marshawn Lynch might be a bad face of a winning Super Bowl situation, especially on the play that decides it as opposed to the golden boy, Russell Wilson. And then you saw the Legion of Boom started to come out and say a whole bunch of shit about him. And Doug Baldwin started, you know, a wide receiver on his team. He was like, this guy ain't as cool as y'all think he is. And Golden Tate and all this other stuff. Like, the class structure in football is getting to a, uh, a a weird point where, just like in, you know, everyday economics where the, the middle class is disappearing, the, the richest person and most important person on the team, uh, you better hope that that person doesn't understand that he can be the richest and most important person on the, any team in the league, much like NBA players have that understanding now. And like you just mentioned, the double franchising and all that other stuff. Yeah. Or you could be Zion Williamson in your second year and say, I don't really want to play here. Like, those are the things that I think NFL ownership groups and, you know, the fans are the least, not the least, but the last to really, truly, I think, understand what might be going on here. But this is a big deal. This is a big, like, this is a, this is a, a, a surefire Hall of Famer, a dude who was fastest to whatever win mark he's had in the first 10 season of, of, of a career. Like, this is, this is important. Because, and the way he did it, Russell Wilson didn't come out and, and I'm not talking to anybody, stripped all his shit off of social media. No, the last two years, he's been kind of telling you, y'all ain't good enough and I'm tired of playing here. So it'll be important, I think, as we monitor how this thing plays out. Because the same way Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay kind of showed everybody like, oh my God. The GOAT, the person that we all call the greatest of all time, and there's no argument about it. That dude said, I, I want to go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl, and I can. And I think quarterbacks are the last ones to, to be able to move like that because they've been put in that you're kind of management kind of role, right? You're kind of with us, away from them, you know, like the, the field hands versus the house, you know, people. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you're not out there with them working out in the sun. You're over here hanging out with us. So the, the fact that Russell kind of pulled this off is smoothly, like, I don't know if Lamar and, and Kyler and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and all these dudes are watching. Or fans are watching, but the NFL might have some uh, some interesting times going forward if this is the way guys are going to be moving that have that much power in the building. Yeah, and I I think Russ too. You know, he was draft. He was the first dra- or second draft class after the new CBA with the new rookie wage scale. And I want to say when he got Sam his Brad- contract, post Sam Bradford, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that I want to say Russ was one of the first ones to take a, like the second he was a, a able to get that extension because that was a whole big thing. Seattle, all they were the ones that took advantage and it worked out well for them. Uh, and then they gave Russ the bag and we saw them unable to kind of figure things out. And that's what all these teams like. Look, here in Chicago, like you could already start talking about Justin Fields next contract. Like mm-hmm. that's like this season is so crucial because if this season's just eh. The Bears have to be there like, well, wait a second, because either this guy's going to be because because Jason, it's not ridiculous to say Justin Fields could be a three hundred million dollar quarterback in three years. Not at all. The numbers are going. And not at all. So like, and, but you have to you have to figure that out early because if he's not, then you got to go find somebody else and take another swing at that. Because but yeah, it's um, it's yeah, it's funny because like I, 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 it's fun to watch fun to watch these quarterbacks, you know. Take take charge, but yeah, these other guys' locker room, especially some of these guys on these teams that like when the quarterback's not playing very well. I mean, look, you and I both know a lot of guys in Chicago who might have seen a certain veteran quarterback who got a pretty big contract extension from like two GMs ago. Being like, wait, wait, is it? That wait guy? a minute, 
that, <laughs> like what when happened? We, when, we went, when we went to the NFC Championship game, like that guy was fine, but yeah, he wasn't like, while we were there. Right. right? No, no, I can dig it. It's just hell's coming to breakfast. I and and uh, I'll say it like this: you, <laughs> you, you better hope. You better hope that these uh, these dual threat quarterbacks in college now aren't getting wind of all of this as they sit. Like, all you do is watch what happens before you and hope you don't make the same mistakes. Yeah, man, these these kids who are watching right now who are in these passing camps, they're saying to themselves, man, I grew up watching the end of Tom Brady's career and the end of Russell Wilson's career. And, man, they showed me this, 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 and that. And they also showed me if the team around you ain't shit, you can move around too. I'm I, listen, man. I think I think a new day is coming, and I'm I'm here for the story. Like I, yeah, I love when yeah. guys get their money, especially in that sport, right? Where where you're taking years off your life, and and you know uh, future activities with your kids are a little bit harder for you, and you gotta you gotta scrimp and save for all the the pension that you possibly can if you're not a star player. Yeah, man, get your money, get your money, and and rain all the chaos down on the 32 owners who think that hell ain't coming to breakfast for them. These, these dudes are a little bit different breed uh, at that quarterback position now, and I, and I can appreciate it. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win! Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Gotta ask you, man. How was how was Indianapolis? How was uh, maybe the last time the NFL Combine is here in the Midwest? How was that for you? You know what I love, Jason? There's not a single person who is at the Combine who wants the Combine to leave Indianapolis. <laughs> That's what I heard. Nobody. Nobody. Coaches, GMs, agents, media people. Every It's the perfect place for it. Um, you know, it... It, I, I was talking to your your wonderful producers beforehand about how it was it was nice to have like a normal NFL event. You know, you probably mm-hmm. felt this a little bit at Super Bowl week on Radio Super Row. Yeah, yeah, so you were kind of getting there, and um, you know, from a Bears perspective, it was kind of boring. I'm going to be honest; like they are, <laughs> like the, like everyone's just kind of like, you know, people are asking, you know, what do you think of Ryan Poles? What's this guy going to do? What about Eberflus? Like the Bears don't have a first round pick, so the combine, the big names of the combine don't appeal to them. They have a quarterback, so they're not involved in the whole quarterback, you know, carousel. And 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 we can also say with on that point before you forget your your other points, they have a quarterback who probably would go number one in this draft. So 100%. looking at it, looking at it, you know, trading picks and trying to get the guy. Sometimes you're scouting years ahead, and hopefully this is what Ryan Pace was doing. But yeah, man, yeah, <laughs> this quarterback class, you can have it. Yeah, I was, Justin Fields would be the first overall pick, and it wouldn't be even close with mm-hmm. this group. So, and then the other thing is they're not good, right? So they're like, they're, <laughs> oh yeah, that you know they're they're not like yeah, I always like they're not a relevant team. Uh, and so with all that said, like you're you're kind of 
know, Indianapolis, it's, yeah, what you see on TV is the, the 40 and the bench press and all that stuff. But what us reporters are doing, we're trying to dig and we're trying to figure out what people are talking about and uh, what people think, you know, off the record, uh, you know, late night in the, in the lobby of the JW and the bars of Indianapolis. And the Bears is kind of like, yeah, I'm interested to see what they do. We'll see. Like, it's just, it's just nothing, you know, I, you know, you ask people about fields mm-hmm. and a lot of people are still, I don't know if like they're like sky high confidence in him. I think there's obviously some, you can't, you know, you know, you and I talked about this last time I was on. Like, you can't walk away from last season and not have a couple questions about what he's going to be. But they're all like, I want to see next year. Like, nobody's writing him off. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just, it's like, uh, what did I say? It, it's it's curiosity without the intrigue. Right? Like, they're not, mm. they're, not, they're not intriguing, but people are like, kind of curious. Like, all right, let's, let's see what this Ryan Poles guy could, because I'll say this, Jason, there's a lot of people who have a lot of respect for Ryan Poles. There's a lot of respect for Ian Cunningham, the assistant GM. That was like one of my biggest takeaways. Like you don't okay. necessarily hear about, um, you know, like other people in the scouting department, but you talk to agents, you talk to people around the league, they, they like him a lot. So, it, but like, isn't that like a total Bears thing that you come away from the week and like, ooh, what did you, what can I feel good about about the Chicago Bears? Well, the, the assistant GM, people right. love him. So. Right. There the the Bears are getting ready to lose another person, is what you're learning. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Everybody enjoy Ian Cunningham's one season Word. in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the scouting departments. Um, the transition for Ryan Poles into what he wants this scouting department to look like, even though there are a lot of Ryan Pace uh, people still in the scouting department, if I'm not mistaken. How does that language translate when you're trying to – Because I've read and heard about the difference in film watching that Ryan Poles wants to uh, exhibit uh, as opposed to what other staffs or the last staff did. But how do you translate uh, just the the verbiage and the language and the grades? Like, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of that kind of thing, but I know if I'm running something and I, you know, I I want something to be emphasized, I, I highlight that and I make sure my scouts will go out and get that. What happens if the things that Ryan Poles wants emphasized aren't the things that Ryan Pace wanted, but these are the people that you've hired and have to, you know, work with because of the transition. What, what's what's going on there and how important is that for Bears fans and more importantly, this organization? Yeah, Jason, it's one of the strangest dynamics in, in sports. Like that these scouts have been scouting for one GM and then now they have to scout for a new GM. And the reality is on May 2nd, they're probably all going to be fired. Like, that's just, you know, not, I shouldn't say all of them, but there's going to be, you know, this is like an audition for them. But, you know, Ryan Poles wants to build his own scouting staff. He's got guys around the league that he wants to bring in. Um, and there's other new GMs. So, like, it's a really all, kind of awkward thing. But but Ryan Poles is not like the type of guy who's going to make it awkward. And he wants, you know, they watch film all together. Like, that was their thing. And, like, watching tape, it's very, it seems like, uh, it's very calculated. It's very tedious. Um, but like the thing that people tell you about Ryan Poles, he's very serious and not like, uh, he's not like hardened. Like he's not like, um, drill sergeanty. He seems, he seems like pretty easy going, but he's just very serious about his job and how he wants to go about this. So anybody who wants a GM job, like this is so important is, is making this transition work and, and getting these guys who, as you said, have been you know, you know, these guys have known exactly the type of player Ryan Pace wants. Well, now what type of players Ryan Poles wants? So they, you know, Ibrufus said they built these profiles for every position, and then the scouts, you know, they go. So I'm sure there's been some like 
you know, uh, you know, redoing of scouting reports a little bit to get the verbiage right, to get, you know, if there's somebody that fit a pace, you know, like offensive line, there you go. Ryan Pohl says he wants lighter and quicker. So if, if they were looking, because you know, one of the things for the last year's offense, they wanted like maulers who were athletic. And like that, like that's the, out. The Fale kid from Minnesota, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that would have worked. Juan Castillo would have loved that guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. so... <laughs> and converted so, him to tight end because that's yeah. he can coach those too. Exactly. Why, <laughs> if you if you ask Juan Castillo, he'll probably tell you he can coach every position on the field. And and the NFL will back it up because they can't wait to hire him for every position in the damn NFL. That's too, very right? true. He's a, he's a tight ends coach now, right? Or he is. He is. Like- Former, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just like this is the strange thing, but it seems like Poles has done the best you could ask out of a guy to to make this. Seamless. They all went to a Blackhawks game together. The personnel you department. Go. So you know you're, you're building some camaraderie there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like I mean, look, I'll say this: they only have five picks. So yeah. first pick we'll central thirty nine. So it's not like they can like. There's not a ton they can. Stay, they have to screw up. But you know this. I mean, this is this is their Super Bowl. This is a draft, and everything goes into it. So you mentioned quarterbacks getting their money and players getting their money after you know twenty two, twenty three, twenty four years old. I'm looking around and I'm seeing some wildly fantastic numbers for a person who I, I I've never disliked him. In fact, I had the t-shirt, you know. I actually and, and, wore the hat for him today. Yeah, you did. I see it right now. You know who I'm talking about. My main man, money making Mitch. Mitchell Trubisky, I am hearing 60, 50 million dollars here, there, 18 to 22 million dollar signing bonus. Let me tell you about a charmed life that you could lead if you roll the dice and come up sevens. This man played 13 games of college football, jumped in there, got overdrafted at the number two pick, then all of a sudden gets gets not thrown in there by by head coach because, you know, he's a young kid and we don't let young kids touch the football. Then the offensive guru comes through and says he's going to take him through the 100-level offensive courses, which means uh, I'm going to flood your head with a bunch of nonsense and make it even harder for you to process offenses because, you know, you only got 13 games of college experience. So Mitchell Trubisky, if this man gets the money that I am reading he is about to get, one, it proves to me that um, that NFL teams can't find NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> There's too many damn teams. <laughs> we either got to make more quarterbacks or subtract some of these teams. And two, I don't know why, but I, I'm delighted by it. Like, I'm legitimately happy for him. And it has no bearing on my life. Like, I was kind of a fan, and then he started fucking up, and I'm like, all right, I can stop being... Like, I, I did the whole Bears quarterback relationship thing that we all do. It's like, oh, man, I can't wait for this guy. Look at him. He's cool. Here, let me bring him home to meet the, the fans. Oh, look, fans, he's... Oh, shit, there goes another interception and a couple more losses. Oh, you're going to get benched now? All right, this relationship was cool. And then you, you escort him out to the car, and then the next one comes next year. But this dude is about to get paid, and I don't know why I'm happy about it. Please explain to me why I'm happy about it. Because oh, deep down in, in, in areas you don't want to talk about, you know, late at night, Jason, you feel for one Mitchell Trubisky. Because, yeah. Because you think that, like, because you, you watched, like, you saw at least, like, four games where you said, hmm, okay, I see it. And then the man had a six-touchdown game. He did. Against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. and. You see then how bad every other quarterback in that offense was. Andy Dalton, 
Nick yeah. Foles, it's a great Chase point. Daniel, Justin Fields. So maybe, you know, like, uh, here's the thing for Mitch Trubisky. The best thing's going for him. One, do you want Mitch Trubisky or Jameis Winston? Do you want Mitch Trubisky or Taylor Heineke? Do you want Mitch Trubisky or Marcus Mariota? Do you want Mitch Trubisky or do you want Carson Wentz's contract? Do you want Mitch Trubisky or do you want Jimmy Garoppolo's contract coming off surgery? Do you want Mitch Trubisky or do you want to take a shot at Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, right? It's so like you, you run it down in those terms and suddenly Mitch looks pretty good. What else is going well for Mitch? He threw eight passes last year, Right. I Kept remember talking. Tuck. <laughs> you want you want to do some remembering some guys, Jason. I remember talking to Chad Hutchinson once, and four yes. Bears, four Bears quarterback. It's a, it's a great start to, me, to a sentence. Yeah, and we were. I was doing a story on the 2004 Bears, Jonathan Quinn, the Quinn Krenzel Hutchinson year, and oh, never forget. I'll never forget yeah. Chad Hutchinson. Thanksgiving was ruined because of those three guys. I'll never forget when, Chad Krenzel Hutch- started Thanksgiving against the uh, the Cowboys, right? Yeah, was it Krenzel. Yeah. I think it was Krenzel. No, I oh, might have been Hutchinson. Quinn. I think it was Quinn. Because Hutchinson, no Hutchinson actually had a good game. Krenzel, I think, had like two good games. And But I remember Chad Hutchinson said to me, he goes, if I never played, I could have maybe had a 10-year career. Right? Mm. Because now Mitch is a little different because we have a lot of tape on Mitch. But he didn't play last year. So there's this like, curi- like there's this, okay, all the Bills people say he's wonderful. We already knew that. Everybody knew, everybody in Chicago said he was a great teammate. Right. Great work ethic. Like, his teammates loved the guy. And uh, so you know that. And then, Jason, you know this. This is an ego-driven league. There are GMs out there that are saying, I had a first-round grade in Mr. Trubisky five years ago. Matt Nagy screwed him up. The Bears screwed him up. I'm going to be the one that gets the most out of Mr. Trubisky. And then the other thing going for Mitch is I don't know what is the connection between Mitch and the NFL on CBS Twitter account, but <laughs> they they, got create, somebody. they they create some stats that make Mitch Trubisky look like you know <laughs> like I I I'll I'll tweet these out like tongue in cheek about touchdown interception ratio, no pick sixes. Uh, he was a he technically went to a Pro Bowl. You know, his win-loss record. <laughs> but they tweeted out, like, you know, like it's the gospel. Like, this is who he is as a quarterback. Right, so right. I, I, you know, talking to, I'll say it, he was the topic of conversation in Indianapolis. Like, when people, because people, like, know that I cover the Bears. So they want to mm-hmm. ask about him. Like, so what do you think of Mitch? Where do you think he's going? This is from reporters to agents to league personnel. And then you talk to people in the league and you say, hey, you hear everyone's talking about Mitch? And they're like, really? And they sit back and think about it. And like, I kind of get it. I, Here's and that's guy. how the ball gets rolling on a right? guy being the, the highest paid free agent quarterback in the class right now. Is that enough people start talking about what he kind of is? Yeah, he get $15 million a year. I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love this country, dog. Isn't like, it amazing? <laughs> yeah, $15 million. I, I, I'm throwing that out there, right? Andy Dalton got 10 Did he yes. get 10 last year, right? Yes, yes. So, I, look, if your defense is going to have the best DVOA in, like, 10 years and you're going to take the ball away 30 times like the 2018 Bears did, you can go to the playoffs with Mr. Trubisky. Mm. But I, I do think like I I would I I I'm with you. I want to see Mitch do well. There's a little there's a little shade in Freud in there, right? Of, of course. The way he was treated here and the way he was handled here. Um so I, I want to I, I think it'd be entertaining. But yeah, it's it's the uh it's the 
Spring of Mitch. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. All right, so the offseason is underway for everyone in the NFL and guys getting getting ready to get tagged and everybody's going from this place to that place. I'm seeing all this new money flowing around. And of course, the NFL does it the right way, in my opinion, where you get your free agency process out the way and then you can get your draft underway. What's the situation right now for Bears fans who aren't in the know? The the Bears cap situation, some of the people that you think may not come back that are integral parts of this team and also their plan with a new defensive scheme and whatever Luke Getze wants to do on the offensive side of the ball. So they actually have a decent amount of cap space. Um, I think they're in the top third in the league. The problem is they have like 30 players they need to sign. And they have starting openings at two wide receivers. They need a backup quarterback potentially. I can get to more on that in a bit. We don't know how many offensive linemen Ryan Poles thinks they need, but like it could be a few. On defense, you don't have a three technique. You don't have starting linebackers opposite Roquan Smith. You need or a slot corner, or, or, or <laughs> yeah, you need a slot corner. You need an outside corner. You need a safety, right? So you have a lot, and you can't. You as I said earlier, you only have five draft picks. So I think Allen Robinson's gone. You know, you thank him for what he did here, and he's. I I could see him. I could see him getting one of those LeBron esque, not that type of money. But he's the Dude. type of guy that would that understands how this stuff works and is gonna. He's made a lot of money uh, at, with the Bears. Had the franchise tag last year. Maybe he goes somewhere uh, where he thinks he can win, or maybe he goes back home. Detroit needs a wide receiver. He's and Al Robinson's a strong connection to his his hometown. Uh, I think Akeem Hicks is gone. And the the funny thing about that is, like, so if you look at the top defensive tackles available, Jason, Akeem Hicks is. Probably number one. Yeah. Um, but you look at his age, the games he's missed, the amount of money he's going to want and deserve, you know, one-year deal. Uh, I, I just, I don't see it happening The brand new staff. James Daniels is interesting. Like, do, do this, does this group see him as part of that new offensive line? That he, like, he's a, you know, he came out of college as a guy who could probably do the type of stuff that Ryan Poles wants to be done. Um, he's young. But he's someone that could get like eight to ten million dollars a year. Are they ready to give him that? Do they see him as a center and guard? I don't know. Is he a trade piece? Well, he's a free agent, so it's you know 
Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's twelve million dollars so, a year. I mean, like you could you could sign him to a one year deal as a prove it kind of thing, see if you work in the offensive line. But I, I think he's the type of guy who can go out to the market and get a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he might be gone. They got guys that should probably cut, like Tariq Cohen, unfortunately, as much as many great things as he did for this team. And it just what happened, what he went through last year, I can't even imagine. Um, you know, the injury, tragic loss of his, of his brother right before the season, all that. Um, and then <laughs> Nick Foles still sitting here on a lot of money. And, you know, on the one hand, the Bears need a veteran backup quarterback. But I, I, I don't know why Nick Foles would want to be that guy. And, you know, I don't know who's going to trade for him, but that's another guy. You know, Danger Vaden's under contract, but I think he gone. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of needs. And as you said, slot corner, defensive tackle, multiple wide receivers, they need another tight end. Uh, you, you need at least an A starting offensive lineman. Because the thing about the O-line, Jason, is, you know, like you're better off signing somebody to a lot of money who's played in the league for four or five years as opposed to taking somebody 39th overall and expecting him to be the guy. So I, 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 would, I would expect them. But, you know, Ryan Pohl said he likes the second wave of free agency. Um, he likes guys that are motivated, um, that maybe want to get to another free agency down the line. Uh, and, and I think he also says that practically speaking, like they need a lot, they need value. So that they could be like quietly one of the busier teams next week that maybe makes one or two quote unquote splash signings. Uh, but this is going to be a really, really different looking team next year. So what are the names you're hearing as far as some of those positional um, needs, right? Because our guy, Anthony Walker Jr., is a guy who's played in the Matt Eberflus defense uh, with Indianapolis. Now, one-year deal with Cleveland, plays well enough. You know, as a smaller guy who can move around, cover, drop in that middle third the way that middle linebacker is supposed to do in that defense, maybe slide Roquan Smith to the weak side. Uh, are you hearing his name? Are you hearing other names in terms of the offensive line, right? Because is Larry Borm a guard or a tackle? Are you kicking him in? Is Tevin Jenkins a left tackle or is he strictly a right tackle? Like, what other names that you think might push these moves into a, a clearer focus that are being associated with the Bears right now? Yeah, that's the one thing about the combine, too. And credit to Ryan Poles. No, like there's, you're not hearing anything. You're not really hearing much. Like, uh, I, got I'm, that our tours kind of show his vibe yeah. to him, doesn't he? <laughs> I think Anthony Walker makes a ton of sense. You just, you know, you you just broke it down. He knows his defense. He fills a need. He's not going to cost a ton of money. Um, talking to the guys who covered him in Indianapolis, obviously you and I know he had a great education in Northwestern. So you start there. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, you know, go cats. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the twenty-four-hour Burger King because that's as close go. to Northwestern as I got living in Evanston. All those I, know, I was wondering if they're going to start to know me by the time I was a senior there. Oh man! Shout out to Sherm. Did you did you interact with Sherm back in the day? Probably, the, yeah, the brother, oh, the, the manager that was there for yes. thirty years, seemingly, yes. and never got older. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on. That was. I mean, it was, it's it's a, it was perfectly located on your walk back from RIP the keg. You know, oh, pour out, pour out a $4 big cup of Miller Lite for uh, uh, the keg of Evanston. And, and the town got a hold of the keg, and the keg was never the same, boy. No, and no, everybody I'm, listening to this right now that knows, they know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm surprised the keg lasted as long as it did. Let's be, let's be real here. Yeah. When, when the first time I walked into the keg and I got the pat down, I was like, oh, yeah, there's no need to come here anymore. We, we're we're good, guys. First time I walked into the keg, I was not 21 years old. So yeah, And you knew at that yeah. point, this won't be here long. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Shout out to the keg. The Makes sense. <laughs> but what we're doing is we're playing connected dots, right? Because it's like, all right, yeah. who played with Eberflus? Who played 
you know, the okay, so connect the dots. Their defensive line coach came from the Raiders. The Raiders have a few defensive tackles who are hitting free agency. Is that going to be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the Raiders have a brand new defense starting there. So are there some of those guys going to filter over? Luke Getze, you know, the Packers have a couple wide receivers. You know, Marquez Valdez-Gatling, I'm not saying you pay him number one receiver money, but he's a big play guy. They need a big play players. You know, does he make sense? Uh, Demarcus Robinson, you know, got a little Bears connection. Uh, coming from Kansas City, so Ryan Poles knows him well, a wide receiver. So that's what we're doing. We're kind of playing connect the dots and then watch everybody that we mentioned who's got a connection to the Bears is not going to come here and they're going to be At all. a bunch of guys you don't know. But like that's, I mean, this is going to look a lot like 2015 where uh, you're going to be kind of like scanning your roster saying, who's this, who's this? The difference between this and 2015 though, Jason, is like the 2015 Bears did not have a Roquan Smith. They did not have a Darnell Mooney. Uh, I guess I guess they had Alshon. So I guess that the, in a sense they did have that right. kind of receiver for sure. Um, but they did not have Justin Fields. Uh, you, know, certainly, you know they had Cutler on that big contract. You know you talk about Jalen Johnson, part of this core. Um, and the other thing too is I think Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are probably still going to be part of this team. That was going to be my next question: Is Khalil Mack a bear to start the season? I just don't know how contractually you figure it out a way to move on from him. Now, I could be totally wrong, and this new staff could be like, dead money is not real. We don't care about dead money. That's what the Eagles did when they traded Carson Wentz. They were like, we don't care about all the dead money. It's fine. We'll deal with it. Some teams are doing that nowadays, and maybe the Bears in this new regime view that quote-unquote dead money, which, like... Do they have that kind of autonomy to go against whoever the the higher-ups are that may or may not believe that same kind of um, idealistic view when it comes to the economy of the the NFL? Like, do they... Does Ryan Poles have that sway? Well, Ryan Poles only has to report to one guy now, right? George McCaskey. So you Mm -hmm. you remove a potential layer that might not agree with that. I, I think that they... I would hope that they're going to give him the... Listen, I'll say this about the Bears' ownership, and you and I can spend hours talking about all the things they did wrong. They let Ryan Pace do generally whatever he wanted. So, But here's the thing. I think Ryan Pace, when they cut Trey Burton, that was like the most dead money they ever took on, and it was something like $8 million. Khalil Mack, you're talking like twenty, just just him. So... That, and and I just I just don't know what kind of draft pick you're gonna get. I don't I have no idea. You know, maybe a maybe a second round pick, and you could make the argument for that. There are some people that certainly think he's still Khalil Mack in a way, and and you get him with the hand in the dirt like he was with the Raiders early in his career. He gets you eight to ten sacks. Isn't he still worth that cap number? I think he might he might be. So I don't know. Like like right now today, Jason, I would say I expect Mack and Quinn to be part of this team. Um, but maybe this regime is like, hey, we are totally comfortable taking on the dead money. We prefer the draft picks. We want to really do our best to kind of start this thing over. They just don't have players, right? Like, you know, I just they don't have enough. Back. They don't have an, enough actual bodies to rake over the coals how good or bad someone is, right? They got to figure out how these holes can be filled and then go to the talent evaluation portion after that. The irony is they have bodies at the offensive line, but that's the position that like, it, but you have no idea what, what Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum are, but because they've had so few draft picks over the years, like look at Eddie Jackson, there are Bears fans that want Eddie Jackson gone two years ago. You don't have any other safeties on your entire roster. Like you mm-hmm. have to like, you have to still fill a team. And, and the other thing too, Jason is 
Do you think George McCaskey wants this team to bottom out? No, because he's got a deal. And and he's got a deal with the stadium coming up soon, right? Yeah. I just, I, I that is not in that guy's, like he, as I said earlier, he's going to trust Ryan Poles just the way he did with Ryan Pace. But this is somebody that wants to win. And I just think that like, you know, if it, if you're not going to really get a ton of bang for your buck in some kind of trade with some of these guys I'm mentioning, you know, you can, you can still, if Robert Quinn and Cleo Mack combine for, let's say, 20 sacks next year, you're probably a competitive team. If you're assuming, obviously, a lot else has to go right with Justin Fields, but, like, you can make that argument to me. And guess what? The two guys that replace those two are not going to come close to their production. Mm. So, like, I, 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 and listen, Jason, if they trade them and they get a, a two and a five or whatever, and they take on dead money, I'm not going to sit here being like, I can't believe they traded Khalil Mack. Like, I, I totally get it. I just, I just, I don't know. I, I think that you, you got to, you got to, I think they want to still feel the competitive roster. Where do you think they have to lean in the draft? And where do you think, you know, something that might surprise a Bears fan if that, you know, one of those fifth round picks is, is selected and you're like, wait a minute, they already got one of those. Maybe this is an indicator of the direction, but then again, maybe it's just backup because it's a fifth-round pick and it's one of the five that they got. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, 2016, we spent like all of, like I went to the Senior Bowl watching the inside linebackers. I was just watching like a hawk. And, and then Combine watching the inside linebackers. Then free agency opens up. What do they do? They sign Dan Trevathan and Jarrell Freeman. Like, all right, we're done. We're good here. Right. <laughs> you spend all the time watching those ILBs. We don't need any of them anymore. So, like, that could happen next week in the form of the offensive line, right? They could go sign a starting tackle and a starting guard center, and then suddenly they tell you they feel good about Jenkins here and Borum there. And I still think, like, I believe you draft a tackle any chance you get. I believe you reload at wide receiver, edge rusher, corner, like the premium spot. So, I, like, so wide receiver, same thing. Like, what if they go out and they sign Valdez Scanley? What if they throw a ton of money at, I don't know, Christian Kirk, you know, and like, and suddenly, well, maybe they don't need to use the 39th pick on a receiver. Um, so I, I'll, I think the interior defensive line is supposedly a deep draft. So maybe they can get, they can kind of restock the, that position there. But talking about Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn, you need new guys. Like you need to be able to have guys you can kind of count on the next year. So I would, I would look at edge rusher. I would look at corner. Um, I mentioned the safety. They just they got nothing. Like they didn't the last the last time they drafted a safety was Eddie Jackson. And again, like they've run into these problems because they just don't have the draft picks and they just haven't developed enough undrafted guys at these positions. Um, so I, I look at some of those those key positions as the one. And I'll say this, Jason. Mm-hmm. Draft a quarterback every year. I'm a believer in it. I, I mainly it's because as a writer. I don't. I if you're gonna draft somebody in the seventh round, if it's Saturday at four thirty p.m. and right. you know the last weekend in April in Chicago is always that nice weekend, right? You, you people Nobody's are getting, watching, right? <laughs> you know, people are getting. You know, hopefully there's baseball games going on. Right, it's not Derby right. weekend yet, but you started to feel a little summertime shy going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to be. You don't want to be sitting writing about like a you you know scouring the draft books to learn about like. <laughs> Offensive guard from Kennesaw State, right? You want to write about like, hey, this seventh round quarterback. What if he's right. the next Tyler Huntley in Baltimore, right? right? You know, right. So, so draft a quarterback every year, so you have that guy that you can develop in your system and kind of have him hanging around there. He lights up the preseason, and it's Chicago. The backup quarterback's always the favorite guy. 
There it is. Kevin, thank you so much for your time, man. I truly appreciate you. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Tell everybody at Northwest and I said, what's up? And uh, I- I'll catch you around sooner or later. Some of these things are being lifted. I feel like we can move around. So I- I'm sure I'll catch you in these streets. Absolutely. I got my, I got my kid getting ready to do the Go Cats. He's almost there. Oh. His grandfather, my father-in-law, taught him how to do a Go Blue. There we Michigan, go. We I'm, gotta, with, I'm with grandpops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. So I got to I gotta compete with that. So he's almost right. got that cat claw going. But uh, yeah, Jason, it's all, always an honor being on with you. Hey, man, I appreciate you, brother. Kevin Fishbane. He covers the Bears for The Athletic, and he writes for them and does a hell of a job. Make sure you're checking out his stuff. Thank you so much, Kevin. This has been the Full Goal Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ring. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. That's all the time we have for episode 73 of the Full Go Podcast. Is it 73, Jesse? 74. Appreciate it. See, if we didn't have the shadowy figure known as Steve Cerruti on here, I wouldn't have got that number right. Episode 74 has come to a close. Thankfully for your ears, I think. Uh, man, this has been a fun time. I want to thank our guest, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. Also, we will be talking on the next pod. That's Thursday's pod about the Bulls. And if they have come to a point in the season where they go play some defense and snap this five-game losing streak against the Detroit Pistons, or will Cade Cunningham solidify his rookie of the year late season run and go off on the Bulls? So we'll be talking about that. Anything else you got on your mind, make sure that you hit up the full goal voicemail line at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. Our production staff, the great, the great, Chris Tannehill. He wasn't here because, you know, he's got other gigs and he doesn't really care about us on days like this. And of course, the active Jesse Lopez and the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. For the fellas, my name is Jason Goff. Thank you so much for listening to this thing, downloading this thing, sharing this thing, rating and reviewing, doing everything that you do for this podcast. We truly appreciate you. Till the next time, this has been the Full Goal Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer and Spotify is the gang. Make sure that you take care of each other and as always, be safe out there.